Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and now on TuneIn, your host, Oscar Lopez. We're going to have an exciting show, episode 222. Today, we are going to chat with the Maha Blaze of the Women's Football Alliance, Division 2. They're 4-1. and one. We're going to talk about their uh, season so far with quarterback Adrian Tausi and uh, Yolanda Searcy, as well as coach Rob Sandlin and what they look forward to in the playoffs. Um, Division two looks pretty tight knit as well. So, uh, you know, with the Inferno, as well as with uh, uh, off the American Conference Pacific region, they got San Diego also at four and one. They got Everett four and one. Pretty tight race going forward. So we'll talk to them coming up here in the No Joke Football Huddle about what they uh, look forward to in terms of a playoff format because the way they're playing right now, that looks like they're going to be right into the playoff hunt. So uh, alongside uh, our uh, legendary quarterback, Luis Bean, right here, uh, we are going to be having a great opportunity today to talk about international news as well because the Swedish League, the Finnish League, as well as congratulations to the Gridiron uh, Victoria champion, Western Crusaders, who won 12-0 versus the uh, Croydon Rangers. And I want to apologize to our audience. Last two weeks, uh, week before, we had some technical issues and we were not able to get it through a full podcast. So I do apologize to everybody and for uh, their patience. So, Luis, uh, welcome. What's going on? Uh, we don't have Troy today. We don't have Holly or uh, Tracy, but they'll be back next week. But other than that, it's just us. And we will be having the Mile High Blaze coming in the, in the house today. Hey, it's good to be on. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to talk to the Mile High Blaze. Uh, other than their one loss, I still think they're in strong contention for the Division Two championship, and they got a lot of players, so it'll be good to talk to them. I know Yolanda. Um, wait, did I? Yeah, Yolanda. Did I say it right? Yeah, she came to the All Star event that we had last year, so that was fun to meet her. And she played on the other side of the ball, so I didn't get to hang out with her a lot, but. Yeah, and uh, they're they're playing big time ball. The last two years, you know, we had mocked everybody had mocked them the year before about their schedule and all this other stuff. And um, you know, uh, Gwen Gwen out there in Denver, uh, who did a great job to get everybody together here for the interview. But Gwen out there is really committed to you know playing whoever she needs to play, and I think that's the key right there. It's no different than Jen Moody, no different than everybody else you know in the East Coast. As uh, as we had talked to Star Wright as well, that you know they they just want a competitive schedule, and it looks like you know Mile High the only loss they have this year is obviously to Division One Kansas City, so they they they're doing really good. Yep, I think they have the roster. Um, I know Chantel Hernandez, who plays for them. She also came to the All Star event. She's a total baller. They got some ballers. So um, yeah, it hurts because obviously a lot of their their opponents are still division three so that's tough and then you lose to division one so it, sometimes it could be hard to figure out where you really sit and where you really are so 
I think they'll win. Yeah, but I think I think they I think they have a stable core, and we'll talk to all three of them uh, coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Luis, tell us a little bit about the video that you were involved in. That uh, if you guys go to our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties, uh, Luis Bean did a uh, kind of an overview video, video of your journey, plus what the Utah Falcons are about, and uh, and your faith. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, it was something that I've had people kind of bugging me about for most of my career um, because it's just a platform that's out there and available. You know, there's platforms, meaning like uh, social media platforms. You know, there's there's different ways that you can advertise. And so um, I had kind of been just not wanting to do it because um, I, I tried to be more team-oriented and, and I believe that the job of a quarterback is to make others look good and to serve others and to serve the team. So that's something I've always tried to do. So um, last year we kind of started working on the project. We've gotten permission to do it. Um, there's already an established platform or so, a way of social media for that type um, that type of video. So um, so we worked on it last year, Lexi, Floor, and I. And then I just thought, you know, I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. So we dropped it, never talked about it again. And then, um, and because, you know, I'm mostly retired, um, she just happened to message me one day a week ago, and she's like, hey, Bean, I have a surprise for you. And she sent me the video. So um, she did a great job. That's what she does for work is makes videos and works for a company that does that. She does some things at the Sundance uh, Movie Festival that's big with Robert Redford in Utah, Park City. And so she was just finished with school, and so she was just working get on some projects and she just wanted to do it be nice and so even after I saw it I just said hey you know what that is really awesome I, I'm just going to sit on it I don't I don't want to share it and that kind of thing and then I just thought um, you know what it can bring awareness to the team um, and there's a lot of struggles in women's football many layers and uh, some of the stuff later in the show has to do with that but not the video per se, but just sometimes the voices that are in women's football could be awesome, and then sometimes the voices are just really negative and just really lame. And so I was trying to paint a light on the awesomeness of the Falcons organization. And I, I, I am LDS, I am Mormon, um, but because, um, because that format has already been created, then that video could be shared on and other people that uh, are religious shared it. And so it's just a different platform. And uh, so, yeah, we, we got a lot of good traction with it, a lot of people uh, that shared it. In fact, probably uh, the social media traction was probably only about 15% football, uh, football players or football. So um, it was uh, totally different venues, totally different avenues. And so when you're trying to promote the goodness of an organization and a team, um, you know, you're just looking for ways to do that. So I would say it, it, it accomplished some good goals in the sense of I'm, I'm really proud of our organization and what, we've been, what we have become and the people that are involved. And so those kind of voices out there, goodness and, and, the, and the strength of the human spirit is what should be talked about and not always the struggles in this sport. So we're all pioneers in a certain sense. You're a pioneer in your realm. I'm one in my realm. And so that's kind of how it came about. So 
um, yeah, there you go. Well, it, it was great to see yourself sort of like in a front and center mode. You know, it's, it's the piece is more of a leadership mode, you know, with the component of what things, what the sport has either done for you and what the organization is. And so ultimately it kind of comes together as uh, most football players that we, that we talk to, obviously uh, football draws them to be better at their own uh, with themselves or with their own, uh, you know, jobs that they have or excel at those jobs um, or careers. So there, there's a lot of takeaways from playing the sport. Um, obviously the draw, the drawback, as you said, is financial and it's not up to at that level yet where it's sustainable financially. Uh, if, and when it, it happens, obviously that's going to be very, very gratifying for other folks and, you know, and, and for the pioneers that set up the, the path for that, then, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be great to see that in the end that, you know, at least, uh, you know, the laboring part will come through, but, uh, you know, a long ways to go there. Uh, but other than that, you I know, thought so- it was a great piece. So it was, oh. it was great. It was very informative. Well, thanks. You know, something else that, that maybe people don't realize about the organization is that, um, yeah, every team is different. Every team has unique individuals. Every team has people from all walks of life, and that's not any different for us. Um, I, and, and I can't speak. You know how you only, you're only raised with how you were raised. So uh, as far as the football background for me. So the years that I spent with the Falcons and helping grow the Falcons, um, you, you know, we all have different beliefs. There's different beliefs. There's different religions. There's different uh, ways of life and different, um, different uh, lifestyles and things like that. But when you're a Falcon, you take pride in what that organization represents. And you take pride in the, you know, our motto is truth, honor, thrill, the hunt. So we're expected to live a certain way and to, and to treat each other a certain way and treat other people a certain way. And in the locker room, we have a prayer. Well, a lot of teams have prayers. And it doesn't matter what kind of prayer it is. You're encouraged to pray how you were taught in your home or how you were taught as an adult. And so we're held to a certain moral standard or a certain moral compass. Um, obviously, uh, several of our coaches are military. Several of our players are military. And that's true for other teams um, as well. So I think that we're taught and expected to live not just a certain way on the field, but to have that in our lives. And, um, and I'm not saying other teams are not like that either. I'm only to speak for my team. But I think that's really important in this day and age that in a world that can be really crazy at times, that you hold a certain set of principles or you hold to, and, and sometimes people haven't even been taught certain principles. And I feel like on our team, those principles are taught. Uh, integrity, honesty, um, working together. Uh, don't, don't bring shame upon the organization in any way. You know, those kind of things that holds you responsible as a person and then it makes you a better person when you live that way. And not everyone... You know, sometimes in this, I've met a lot of people that it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just live by however you feel at the moment. And so I've just been lucky to be a prioritization like that. And uh, so, anyways, the, the video, sure, I'm LDS uh, and I'm a religious person, but those values that were talked about on the video are our team. And so that's why I like the team because it, it, it conducts itself in a manner that I feel comfortable with as far as how you treat people, how you live, those kind of things. So. Well, uh, it was really well, nicely done. Uh, you guys can check it out on our Thanks. Gridiron Beauties page as well as uh, check it out on Louise Bean's uh, fan, uh, Facebook page as well. 
And so uh, talking about that, um, Luis, big, big weekend in football this weekend. We'll go into it as soon as uh, we get done with the Maha Blaze interviews. But a lot, of, a lot of football to talk about, WFA, IWFL, big clash coming up, the blackout game that we all were anticipating, uh, which is, you know, the Surge and the Falcons this coming up weekend. Uh, there's also a lot of international, uh, you know, is, uh, stuff going on, which is in Finland and Sweden. Uh, we haven't even talked about Germany yet. There's Mexico. There's the Canadian WWCFL. Um, so there's a lot of things in globally happening. Uh, even in Guam, of all places in the island. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into everything after that. Uh, uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's been a great uh, kind of experience for you in terms of getting it out there. And also, it's a kind of eye-opening for some folks to see you as, you know, not just as a football player, but as an individual uh, on your piece. So that was a great, great piece. So Lexi did a great job, so we applaud her for that. Um, let's yeah. go into um, – the Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You guys can get all the stuff at Zazzle, leggings, tees, uh, gifts at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty at our No Joke Football Shop. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Lauren Evans, who uh, is our latest, uh, uh, supporting up our latest leggings, our Gridiron Leggings on our uh, Facebook page, as well as our No Joke Football brand page on Facebook and our new No Joke Football brand page on Instagram. So check it out there. And you guys can get any everything pretty much at the shop up to 15% off daily. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. All right, let's bring into the Nojo Football Huddle, the Division Two Four and One Mile High Blaze, and talking to everybody here. So um, we should have on the line here the uh, quarterback leader Adrian. Uh, we have Yolanda Searcy and Coach Rob Sandlin. So, uh, Maha Blaze, welcome to the Blitz alongside uh, championship quarterback Louise Bain, Oscar Lopez here. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank All you. right. Great. Um, you guys, I apologize for last week's power outage issue. <laughs> the doozy doesn't happen, but life, that's the way it goes. Um, so um, let's start with uh, Coach. Let's start with Coach uh, Rob. Coach Rob, uh, last year people were mocking you because of your schedule and you're playing, you know, low caliber teams in, in your own division and not enough competition. Um, it looks to me like this year you're just hitting them in the nose and in the chin. And so uh, talk about the four and one start. Well, I think it's important for our perspective and our team's perspective to be able to go out and play the best competition possible. It doesn't benefit us in any way, shape or form to, um, you know, not play up to the expectation and not play up to where we're going to see once we come into the playoffs last season, obviously uh, we took um, a good St. Louis, the eventual champion into a really tough game. Um, but that was really our only test. It was our only opportunity to kind of learn and unfortunately, the learning experience was the end of the season. So uh, it was important to us to try to, you know, make some schedule changes and make some things happen in regards to that schedule so we can make sure that we are tested and ready for, you know, the eventual playoffs. Coach, um, versus Kansas City, a very competitive game. It's a Division One team, obviously a little better, bigger in numbers. Um, what do we take from the Kansas City loss? Well, most importantly, I think it gives all of our rookies a chance to understand um, how intense 
you know, a, a rivalry type situation can be. Obviously, we play Kansas City in other situations, uh, but I think more than anything, it allows them to see what's missing when it comes to execution. Um, you know, missing a block in in a game against a team that we are expected to beat versus missing a block. Uh, against the team that is going to capitalize on that. So it gives everybody, uh, once we watch film, once we go back to practice and kind of get back to the drawing board, so to speak, an opportunity to understand what execution really means and how to go from there. All right. So, Coach Rob, you get to face the Titans once once again. Uh, Brooke Leash out there, uh, Coach Turner, uh, everybody out there. Uh, so you get one more crack at them. So is that is that the mindset uh, at, at this point? Or are we look, we're not looking past the Cats here next week? No, I, we everybody, you know, the old adage, you know, one game at a time. But obviously our players know when, when Casey gets here, it's going to be, you know, another challenge. So we want to make sure that we install all the information and all of the um, hard work when it comes to this next week's game against the Cats, who um, obviously we've got a history with. Um, but we all know when Kansas City's coming back to town. We're actually, you know, excited for that. We, we want to get down with them again and, um, all of our players know the importance. Now, Coach, uh, when Wynn came over and said you got Kansas City twice on the schedule, uh, that's got it. That should have brought a big smile to you, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it, it made uh, it made myself, the coaching staff, and all of the veterans uh, extremely excited. Now, uh, the playoffs don't start until about three weeks from now. Looks like you're going to be in, from what we gather here. But you also have San Diego that's stepped up in, in, in your area. You got Everett. Um, so at this point, um, how confident are you guys, you know, to finish strong? That's exactly what we need to do. We need to finish out strong. We want to try, um, obviously, to, to complete the season with the only one last situation, um, be kind of peaking as we go into the playoffs. We don't want to um, – you know, overlook anybody, but we obviously understand that there's some, you know, intense competition that we're going to see, um, you know, as we get into June and July. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, go ahead and throw some, um, have Luis Bean throw you some questions, coach, and then we'll move on to uh, Adrian and Yolanda afterwards. Absolutely. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Now, didn't you guys play uh, Kansas City last year or not? Uh, no, not last year. We played them two years ago. Okay. Um, but not last year. Okay. Um, so I knew you were excited to play them. Uh, before I ask you on that, I had read something about, it was a while before the season, that you came, because this is your first year head coach, and is this your first year with Denver as well? So I've got a little bit of an interesting background. I run a youth organization here in Colorado. Um, I have a men's semi-pro team. I've been on and off with the Blaze as kind of a defensive coordinator for the past several years. Last year I, was, I ran the defense. Uh, I took a year off. So I've been on and off with the team for um, three of the last four years. But you've been in the – am I correct in thinking you were in the high school ranks as well? I thought I read that. Is that uh, right? I, I I was that was that was forever ago. I have, okay. my my primary <laughs> is uh is my is my semi pro and my youth kids. So there's a lot of semi pro buzz in men in Colorado it seems. I know a few people that are involved in that. Would that be correct in my thinking of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of quality teams. There's still some some a, a lot like we have in the women's league with Colorado meaning that we've got a couple individual leagues that can't quite get along and, and get things handled so we can have 
more of a, a, a competitive and consistent environment, but it's an exciting environment as far as competition is concerned. Um, Colorado Greyhawks are a great organization. Um, they compete nationally. Uh, my team has competed on a national level, so we do enjoy the opportunities. Um, this year, I took the year off for my men's team to, um, you know, focus solely on the blaze. So um, I'm excited about that. So why compare the uh, challenges between women's semi-pro and men's semi-pro? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just might um, well go straight to the stage, you know. The, go ahead, Coach. I, I mean, I, yeah. Go ahead, Coach. I mean, the, the, biggest issue really, the biggest issue really is um, when we're coaching the women versus the men is that we take a, a, an amazing amount for, for granted that – if if we say a certain you know term, if we ask you to do a certain drill, we forget that you may as a as a woman's team might have not been doing this for the last 15 years like a men's team. Sure. However, the the biggest piece that I take away that makes me and my other coaches absolutely love what we do with the women's side of things is that a men's team you might get 15 people to practice. We have a snowy practice on a Thursday night, and there's 30 women at practice. Right. I mean the dedication and their and their excitement to to learn the sport, to excel in the sport is phenomenal. So the, the biggest challenge that you get on the men's side is um, you got the prima donnas that have been doing it since they were six and they don't have to listen to coaches and, you know, they know more than anybody else on the field. Whereas on the women's side, if they could, you know, hold a pocket uh, and put a, note, a, a notepad in it and uh, be ready to go, they would do it in, in the middle of a game and take notes. And it's absolutely wonderful to see. And um, that's what keeps most of the guys on our coaching staff coming back just makes you feel like your time is more worthwhile organizationally speaking um would you feel like it just falls along the same lines yeah most of the time i mean on the men's side you know it's so difficult to get the guys to to commit to come forward and um do the fundraising and do and do the things that are necessary in order for the season to go on on this side of things obviously you guys have some experience with when she does a phenomenal job in allowing um, these ladies to be prepared to get everything going to have a structure and an organization that is just second to none so just put this on your list the falcons want to play you something oh let me i, I can tell you how much our coaches <laughs> our coaches have i was out there the last time we played them so um Oh, you were. You know, okay. I'm, yeah, I mean, so it, it was one of those times that we we absolutely had, I mean, you know, two knee injuries and a broken foot, and 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 you know, it seemed like we went back with more injuries than we came with people. Um, but it was such a learning experience. It was such an opportunity for the team to kind of learn and grow that we would absolutely love to. I mean, it, I know that the only time that there was an option this year that even was maybe if we if we talked about it that there was a maybe an option it was right before playoffs started and was like mm, I don't know yeah. that we want to do that right before playoffs oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure for sure I think the last time we played you guys was in Castle Rock is that the one were you in Castle Rock no we played I think yeah we played because when we yeah, came we Castle, came out there uh, and then we were in Castle Rock Castle View High School yes. okay okay I used to live in Castle Rock that's such a pretty area but yeah well, you know the Thousands are always looking for good opponents, so just tuck that away. Well, Off we will, way. absolutely. <laughs> Back to you all. All right, let's, let's bring in uh, Yolanda here, who's a defensive uh, – I'm sorry, Yol- yeah, Yolanda, defensive uh, 
player here. So, uh, Yolanda, how has it been so far in terms of the season on your side of the ball? Has it been pretty exciting? Uh, Kansas City was a challenge, and you guys still put up, I think, 15 points on them uh, and held them to, I think, 26, I believe. Uh, they on their talk about their points. Yeah, no, I'm just Final saying uh, you. Yeah, you guys were you guys did a pretty good job against Kansas City uh, <laughs> in terms of holding them down. I think we did pretty well. Um, like Coach was saying, there's a lot of things uh, as a, as a defensive captain, as a defensive player that's been playing um, ten plus years that I would like to see improvement on. Um, but as a team collectively, what we had, I think we went out there and gave it a great fight. Um, but there's always room for improvement um, and more fun. Yolanda, what's your key background for you since you started? Is it been truly defensive only, or have you played both sides of the ball at any given time? Um, I've played both sides of the ball and all special team um, all year. Is there a preference for you at this point, especially in this season? Would it just be easier just to where you're at now because you're getting more proficient? Um, to be honest, I just like to hit people. So whether it's running the ball and hitting them or just tackling <laughs> freehand, it's just the contact. Um, all right. So as long as they're not taking you away in handcuffs, as long as they're not taking you away in handcuffs, you're okay, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sp- spoken like a true defensive player right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. I think every defensive player has that mentality. It's like as long as I don't get so – put in jail for mocking somebody down. <laughs> I'm good. Right. Um, just about, I don't like getting hit, so rather it's off in the defense. As long as I'm leading sure. the initial hit, then I'm good. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I feel for everybody else. Uh, but uh, Yolanda, how long have you been with the club, your history with the club? Um, I've been with the Blaze for four seasons now. What what have what has what did what did bring you to the the squad? Uh, was it something of that nature, which is an outlet for you to just get your aggression out, or was it something where you just needed some sort of team bonding? Because I know when you're an athlete, a lot of people have a tendency to say, "I got to get back to that environment," because it's kind of like a, a nice comfort zone to have friends and and not necessarily family members, but outside friends. You know what I mean? So, what drives you to come back year after year? Um, the family. Um, as a Blaze organization, we've grown to be a, a tight-knit family. Um, and that's something um, coming from a big background, big family. I have 27. Um, being in Colorado, I'm the only one here, so that's something that kind of fulfills that absent void of my family being 2,000 miles away. Um, so definitely the family um, is what brings me back every year. All right, Yolanda, you have a, have you, the defensively, you guys as a core have had a good season. Uh, only given up about, I think, 54 points on the season. You guys are 3-1 and one on the road. Um, so, you know, pretty impressive. You got the Cats coming up this weekend, and then you get another crack at the Titans. So um, what the next two weeks, pretty vital. You got to get the win at, against uh, the Thundercats and then try to see if you can get an upset against Kansas City because that really would kind of be the highlight of your season so far. Correct. We just had a um... – we got to take it day by day. Um, so game come up this weekend. We got to go into this game as we're playing the Titans. Game, this game to me this weekend is I'm playing the Titans. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna sell myself and I'm gonna do whatever I have to do. Come out with a victory. 
and capitalizing some of the mistakes that we made versus Titans in this game so that when we do move forward and face them again, we won't have those same mistakes. All right. Um, Yolanda, your mom, when you tell her you're playing full kit football, what was mom saying? We had Mother's Day this past weekend. A lot of moms are supportive, and other moms are like, oh, no, you're not. So what was what was the mentality in terms of your family or your mother? Uh, my mom really didn't want me playing. Um, she knows, like, I'm a all-out go-getter. Um, but the first thing she told me when I mentioned that we lost to KC was I didn't raise a loser. So we just have to go out and dominate the rest of the season. There you are. There you are. Spoken like a true mom right there. That's so awesome. So she's like, get up, back up, and you're going to go back up. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so, that's Yolanda, the, the ex the expectation for the Blaze now, it's a, kind of a high standard, as Coach Rob was saying here. Uh, Gwen, Gwen has uh, put up a very high standard. A lot of clubs now all across the WFA, there's a lot of clubs, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, a lot of the uh, squads in your in your division, Minnesota, um, in your conference, I'm in Division Two, uh, San Diego, Everett. There's a lot of clubs that have kind of elevated their organizational standard as well as, you know, retention standards. So uh, competition-wise, is it has it been tougher this year? You think for you guys, or is it somewhat the same? Um, I would say it's been tougher because as uh, as the years go by and the season go by, each team adds another piece of the puzzle that kind of connects them and, and completes out um, their organization. Um, even though the teams we have been playing are D three, they've shown great heart and, and effort. Um, they've made some improvements within themselves. Um, so I believe that the competition is getting a little better. Um, and it is making us work harder. And, um, so I, I can tell from this year, from last year to this year, it's been a big difference in, in how we came out and produced. So, um, yeah, definitely the competition is getting there. And I would say for the next few years, um, we'll all be on the same court across the board. Everybody will be one. Right. And I think the schedule for you guys, uh, I think the commitment she's made to elevate your schedule to play a, a Division One or a Division Two squad really helps in terms of getting ready for playoff mode because I think a lot of teams will attest to that. You play your same level competition, or if you're above that level, it doesn't really help you when you get to crunch time. Now you're you know going up against uh, Minnesota, or you're going to go up against San Diego or Tampa Bay Inferno, things like that. So you really, you know, it benefits you to have one or two teams on the schedule that can test you. Correct. I, I, yeah, I do agree. That's something I teach um, as coach job at my youth sports is you can always play someone that's under you and you always fall down to their level. That doesn't help you when you go play somebody that's above you because um, you got to be able to rise to occasion. But being able to attest and play teams that are our division or higher uh, truly helps the team grow and build to lead them into the, the playoffs and championship. Now, uh, everybody talks about, you know, a certain career. Yolanda, are you thinking into coaching career at this point or is this just something that you're going to be doing for the next couple of seasons and then kind of branch out yourself? Because I know there's a lot of players that decide at some point, especially defensive players that decide at some point that they, you know, they want to, you know, take that to another level in terms of coaching or in some sort of realm of football, but coaching wise. Uh, no, I coach youth. That's about it. Um, I think after my football career is done, I'll follow my major <laughs> and go into the criminal justice field of forensics. Okay. So so you're going to be doing the handcuffs yourself 
versus somebody else coming in and coming to you. <laughs> Either that nice. or finding dead bodies, one of the two. It's true. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, Yolanda. Um, let's talk to Adrian here, uh, who's our military military brat. And uh, from one military brat to the other, I salute you, Adrian. Um, so at this point, Adrian, quarterback doesn't get easier. Luis Bean will attest here. Uh, but uh, you got to be very, very happy with the, the uh, four and one start, and obviously being very uh, being competitive with Kansas City last weekend. Yes, we're we're pretty good where we're at. Um, Titans was a big challenge, and we look forward to playing them. But we're we're good being up top right now. Now, from last year, Adrian, to this year, has it been a lot of changes in terms of roster or for you in terms of offensive personnel? Is there something that you guys are still working on or has it kind of gelled at the beginning? Because the record's 4-1, and one, that's fine, but when you get to a, a higher level in terms of the playoffs, there's always going to be some sort of intangible in terms of learning curve or whether somebody's even been to that level, next level, which is the playoff level. So uh, what, do you, what, do you be, what do you credit – the four and one start on your end. Uh, we credit a lot on our defense, but our offense—we are trying to gel. We're slowly meshing together. But as far as playing other teams, like Yolanda said, like they've put in pieces that they've been missing for years, and they're coming to get us. So we need to we need to stay focused and challenge every every team we play every week. But they are coming, and they they are playing to our level which is we need to pick it up a little bit, a little notch up from them. But there's a lot of, a lot of competition coming our way in our division as well. Now, uh, Adrian, how proud are you of the 4-1 start? Coach is proud. Yolanda's kept, you know, their, their side of it things. So this has got to make you proud. 4-1, you're in contention, almost pretty much equal to San Diego. Everett's probably going to be there in terms of uh, – you know, who gets to the playoffs? Minnesota, a big challenge. Minnesota used to be Division One, now kind of scaled to Division Two. Um, so in terms of just the conference, uh, in terms of the national ranking, um, have you seen that already? It's like, you know, yourself, San Diego, Everett, kind of a big big test as to who's going to end up in the next two two weeks as to where you end up going. I'm very proud of our team. We came a long way. Um I'm looking forward to Everett or San Diego, and I'm proud of those teams coming up too as well. But we we need to stay focused, and we need to beat both of them teams to make it to the championship. But I'm very proud of my squad. We we still have a lot to learn with each other and from our coaches. We just take a game at a time. So, Adrian, what is the scheme for you guys? Is it a more of a run game or more of a uh, play play action and run game at this point? What's the most, what's the comfort zone for you guys for the four and one start? We do, we do a lot more running. We're trying to get our passing plays in, um, but we're trying to be on both sides of passing and running. We're trying to be good at both of those, but a lot of it is running right now. And we see some of our. Who's your workhorses right now that we, we should be looking out for as we get into the next two weeks into playoff mode. As far as other teams or our teammates? Your team. Who's your workhorses? Who, who, who are these uh, workhorses that you're handing the ball off to? It will be Ruby Albright, Tati, Tatiana Palms, and 
Coco Hockaday. Now, Coco's uh, been in, in place uh, for a while, right? So she's – are any of those rookies, or is it mostly veterans? Ruby is a rookie this year. Uh, Tatiana has been on for three years, and Coco Hockaday, she's, she's a, a true vet. <laughs> All right. So who keeps you in check? Is it the center, or is it the running backs? Anybody keep you in check? A defensive captain. Nah. That hurts my defense. I don't think my offense can step up to me. I'll check getting. You know, they say as you walk off the field that you get the uh, the laser beam from the defense if you're failing on the offensive side. So a lot of times that's easy laser beam. That would be Yolanda Searcy. Yeah, seriously, get your act together. That's usually what my coach used to say on the offensive side together. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I need yeah, a rest. Bear down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I and given Yolanda's a law enforcement, I'm pretty sure that's just come naturally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna have Luis throw you uh, some questions here, QB to QB. All right. Well, before oh, I go to ask her QB questions, I don't know if you know this, Oscar, but Yolanda has Yolanda. She hates me, Thirsty, on her Facebook page. We just need to point that out. That's pretty important. Wow. <laughs> Mutual so friends right we there. Need, we don't even need to ask her any more questions about what she's like. Oh, wow. Uh, no. I mean, that's from old XFL league stuff. He hate me or something like that. <laughs> she, she awesome. heard your voice. She was like, she texted me. She was like, oh, that's her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, hilarious. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask um, – Adriana or Adriana? Adrienne. Adrienne, okay. Girl, get I had right, it right. Girl, get right. I know. <laughs> now you're, it's your, it says that you're from American Samoa, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you were born there. And then what was your journey? Because um, we have quite a few Polynesians on the Falcons. And so I love oh, the I culture. Know. Yeah, you know, huh? I know all of them. <laughs> Oh, you know, that's because all the colleagues know everybody, or you're related to half we of do. them, or something like that. <laughs> I don't even know what really is blood because they just everyone's cousins, so I don't even know. We're distant but, cousins uh, somehow. Yeah, somehow that's right. Um, our our head coach always teases them and says that they attacked Captain Cook or, uh, uh, when they came to the islands and killed him. So he always says they're all <laughs> funny. I know. So and they're always late to practice. I hope you're better than that because you are the QB. So, but anyways, what's your journey? What's your synopsis journey from there to how you got to be QB at the at Denver? I was born and raised back home in Samoa, and I joined the military back in '96, and I travel the world. Got out in 2014 in Washington, moved to Virginia. I actually came to Colorado in 2015, and I told my other half, if we were to go to Colorado, I better be playing football, and that's the only reason we'll go there, to help our nephew and me playing football. So she agreed. We came here. It was like a Wednesday when I got here, and Saturday was their first tryout for the Blaze. And I was literally here three days before tryouts. So I went to tryout. I killed myself for the trials because 
you're supposed to get climatized before you even try to run here in Colorado. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I, w- I actually went for a linebacker position. I didn't want to be QB or anything. I wanted to be a linebacker, period. <laughs> but then coaches saw something different in me, and they say, wait a minute, you could throw the ball? I said, yeah, I played with my brothers, eight brothers and seven sisters. Yeah, that's all we did was play football and all other sports. And then they saw me at QB. They say, you want to try it out? And I say, sure. That's how I became QB here in Denver for three years now. I was just going to ask you. So you've been there three years. Okay. Yep. So we occasionally have to move over to the other side. (laughs) What? Oh, man. But I still try to, I try, when we play games, I try to look at coach and be like, hey, coach, can I go in for a linebacker? Can I just go hit somebody? And then our last game with the Titans, I was so frustrated. He seen me frustrated. He was like, you know what? Come on. So they called me Moana. They was like, you go. Go hit somebody. I was like, sure, why not? So I'll go in for a couple plays and then come back out and then play QB on the, on the offense side. It's kind of cleansing, you know. You just got to go do it to get that get that all out of there. Um, yes, so what's the hardest, the hardest part for you to play quarterback, do you think, and what's the best part? The hardest part is some some teams have really good defense, so I have to be able to read their defense. Sometimes you can read it, sometimes you can't. And that's my hardest part is trying to read the defense. My The best part about it, of being a QB on the team, is leading our, I was going to call them soldiers, but leading our teammates yeah, yeah. into anything. Just make sure that you're – you stay calm and collected and let them know, like, it's okay. They score on us, it's all right. We'll get them back. But we just need to take it a minute out of the game and be like, we'll be okay. We just need to get – we need to score, we need to hold, and we need good blocks, and we need to run the ball. So what do you feel like so is the that... top two – keep going. Wait, say that again? So, so what do you think are the top two keys to uh, feeding – Kansas City when you play him again. Uh, pass efficiently and make sure when our running backs are running the ball, find the holes and take the gap. Run it to the correct hole and then keep running. So would you feel like those were your weaknesses when you played them? I watched some <clears> of that film and uh, uh, just kind of went through it. So for you as a quarterback, I could have asked the head coach this, but I'll ask you. Uh, what what was the what was the why do you feel like you guys lost in your eyes? Uh, we just needed we didn't mesh as a team. We didn't mesh at all, offense and defense. We didn't we didn't have each other's back on the field. To be honest with you, we we just didn't mesh at all. We it was out of our game and. Any every little mistake, we were getting mad at it instead of picking ourselves up and keep playing, have fun with it. That was the thing we didn't have fun. Well, and sometimes we didn't have fun playing the game. Yeah, and if you're not used to losing and overcoming, um, you know, the times in a game where it's where it's difficult, then yeah, there's a tendency to freak out a little bit, or people freak out. Not not in, not everybody, but sometimes that just can be affecting. And then you think, well, yeah, why, no. why is it not working? 
I mean, it was collective. Right. I mean, I, I can tell you that from a coaching perspective, it was collective. That yeah, I mean, it just compounded. It was something that you know, at the, before game time, we had a game time decision that you know one of our offensive and defensive starters wasn't gonna wasn't gonna play that day. So again, you got people that now are thrust into a situation that they're not prepared for. Um, and then each time, you know, if it's a touchdown or if it's a missed tackle, you're beating yourself up instead of just picking yourself up. And and it really kind of snowballed into a situation that, you know, nobody was really mentally, you know, ready. I think that the the fourth quarter when we got a chance, you know, we had a couple fourth down stops. We had a couple goal line stops. And then we got a chance to put some points on the board. I think that probably cleansed everybody a little bit to, you know, kind of go, hey, you know what, it's not as bad as we thought it was. Right. Um, so here's Thanks, my final coach. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you guys can talk later. Um, so do you feel like, in all honesty, because there's two types of games. There's games where you might lose because you lost to a better team. Or there's games you might lose because you just didn't play very well. So how do you guys feel like, I don't care whoever answers how do you feel like you guys stack up and rank? Do you feel like, hey, we're better than them, or do you feel like we're better than that, and, or do you feel like, um, you know, they're they're a really good team and we're going to have to be at our best? So, which category do you guys feel like you fall in? Anybody? That's not you, coach. Um, I, I, you know, my opinion is is that it's a, it's an entirely different game if we're we're playing our our t- type of football. Um, you know, I I would, you know, never say that, you know, we're a better team than anybody else, but on any given Saturday, on any given Friday, I don't think that there's many teams that, that we can't match up with and go head-to-head with. So I would say that, it you know, we'd fall into that category of, you know, we didn't play our best and we need to be better in order to, you know, to take it to them. All right. Well, that will definitely be a game that – because I think the last one was streamed, right? That's how I saw it, yes. right? Uh, Kansas City yep. streamed it. So hopefully someone streams it and I can check that out. So good luck to I'll you guys. I'll to win on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Over to you, Oscar. Awesome. So, Coach Rob, uh, at this point, Coach Rob, at this point, you're looking at a, a pretty successful season. You get one more crack at Kansas City. Uh, and we just talked about how things just, you know, you get from one division to the next. But it's it's nice to see you guys in this light after a year last year where everybody was kind of like, oh, my God, you know, they they go to St. Louis and, look, they, they really didn't play anybody and they lose in St. Louis. This year it seems like it's a totally different uh, story, and a lot of people are taking notice on you guys. Well, like I said, I mean, the St. Louis game was the only game that we had to learn with, and unfortunately it was, you know, the, the last thing we had to do for the season. So, I mean, on, for our veterans, it really motivated them. You know, from the coaching perspective, when I uh, took the job, one of the things that Wynn and I talked about was definitely to make sure that we have the opportunity to play different opponents. That if we have to travel, we have to travel. If we can, you know, try to get some games, you know, like a Falcons, like, you know, Kansas City, that we can try to, um, you know, test our team. That's what we need to do in order to be successful. That's what we want to do. Because um, when people talk about, you know, women's football nationally, we want to be a team that they talk about. All right. So, Rob, promotion-wise, the, the the team does a really good job of promo, social media. Um, diehard fans, I presume you guys have a, kind of a, a, whore, a, a core of diehard fans. You guys even have a cheerleading squad in, internally as well. So, um, 
speak to that. I, you know, most of that is really, you know, the the efforts that Wynn and the rest of the girls um, put together. I mean, each of our team, you know, they do stuff through the Broncos. You know, they do stuff through um, youth organizations. They do charitable work. They do so many different things. And, and when I say they instead of me, it's, you know, I bring, you know, a kind of a tie-in with all of the youth organizations I deal with. But I can tell you that if it wasn't for Wynn and, and Yolanda and, you know, a, a host of other players that have been here for a while that really get out in the community and just pound the streets when it comes to, um, hey, come and check out this, you know, come and check this out. If you've never seen women's football, come and check it out. And, and they've really, you know, turned a lot of heads. They've really done so much in the um, Denver metro area that I can't say enough about, you know, how proud I am of the, of the team and the, the ownership group. Yolanda, the logo seems similar to Broncos. Does coloring similar to Broncos? Um, when you say, "Hey, th- this is this is our squad," do people get receptive to that as well? Are they are more receptive now than they were before in your time in your four years? Um, I believe so. Yes, they are more receptive to it. Um, I believe the taking on and and the you know following of the NFL team here in in the city and the state kind of helps out a little, um, get you a little bit more recognition. They can, people kind of see to say, oh, you know, you are you the Broncos sister team? And we're like, well, no, not technically. We're not a part of them, but we're trying to mirror um, and try to, you know, relate and correlate. And then hopefully um, further down the road that they will take us on as a sister team and start being involved more um, with us. Now, when you guys go out there in the community, you guys are doing youth, uh, any youth clinics you guys are doing at this point? I know other teams do like clinics for girls to get to familiarize with football in terms of flag or anything like that. Have you guys worked with anything in yet in that yet? So last year we did all of the, the young ladies on the team. We worked with TJ Ward and I'm on TJ Ward's foundation that we integrated, you know, the, the boys and girls, as far as the camp's concerned, I can tell you this summer we're working to do um, a camp just for our, our girls that we can get out and do. Cause again, you know, we have between <laughs> Yolanda and I, we coach a lot of a lot of kids, and so the opportunity is out there for us to reach out to the high schools, the middle schools. Um, we've always got you know young ladies that play in our youth organizations, uh, on the boys teams that come to our practices and hang out. So that is definitely um, probably end of July or early August to have our um, first annual um, Blaze Girls Camp. Now, Coach, at this point, is it introductory flag before we do tackle? I mean, nothing, nothing obviously extreme as Utah, Utah girls football organization yet, but are we introducing everybody to a flag style? Um, so here, a lot of the organizations that are here, they, you've either got the Pop Warner or you've got AAU football. Um, mm-hmm. I, run an, I run a league that does AAU football. That You know, we play high school rules from the time that you're – basically eight years old and up for, for that side of things. I mean, we've got flag available. We've got eight man available. We've got 11 on 11. So, I mean, as far as what we're going to do with the camp is really going to be just fundamental skills to introduce them to the idea of, Hey, we want you to love football first. Then we can worry about whether or not you like to hit or not. Right. Well, it sounds great. Um, Adrian, um, I'm very excited for you in terms of leadership. So we're looking forward to the next clash against uh, Kansas City, not overlooking the Cats here, but are really going to be focusing on your performance on the next uh, crack at, at the Titans. So uh, uh, any words for 
uh, the fans here in Mile High have, when you go up against Kansas City again? We just need to stay focused, come on board, and do what we need to do. Play our Blaze game, have fun, and be a leader on the field with with my teammates. I just need to take lead and roll with it. They just need to roll with me. Right. Yolanda, um, the phenom, the phenom Brooke Leash, you saw her out there, um, and, you, and they incorporated two-quarterback system. So how was that a problem for you, or was it no big deal? Um, no, the, the two quarterbacks, no, it wasn't a big deal for us. Um, as defensively, we're trained to focus on one thing, whether you have two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks. Um, we're just containing and going after you. So as long as um, our ends contain and our linebackers can shoot the gaps, we don't care if you're the biggest quarterback out of the smallest one or the mobilest one. Um, we're filling our gaps and coming for you. Coach Rob, was that something that was uh, put in place defensively uh, with their two-quarterback system that they've implemented all season? Um, we knew that coming in. Obviously, you know, film study is, is something we're doing. I mean, we've got offensive film study tonight for our game this week. But what we looked at is just understanding, you know, recognizing from a uh, personnel perspective who's on the field, what we should expect from each one of those young ladies. Um, obviously, Brooke being, um, you know, a, a passing phenom, as you said. So we, we knew what to look for. But she also is pretty mobile, comparatively speaking. Um, so we really just tried to make sure that everybody on the field knew what to expect from each one of those skill sets. Yolanda, was there any point that you got into the young the young girl's uh, face and says we're here? Um, <laughs> me personally, no. <laughs> um, you didn't trash talk at all. You didn't trash talk at all. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm definitely not a trash talker. I let my plays and the talking <laughs> for me. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have to trash talk. <laughs> All right, no problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. I the, the only reason I bring it up is because it's a different level mentality, and I know when uh, when she played Minnesota, I know that she was probably blown away at the fact that Minnesota was just so veteranly stacked in terms of defensive minded. So uh, a lot of times, as quarterbacks, uh, when you face something like that, sometimes it becomes intimidating in certain, especially when you're not. Uh, converting or you're not scoring, it becomes a very frustrating day. So, um, Coach Rob, I want to uh, give you a shout-out to Wynn and you and the organization, Yolanda here and Adrian, for a, a very awesome season. We want to bring in, you know, on our show, we try to showcase uh, the best of the best. And at this point in time, in terms of Division Two, you guys are the cream of the crop in terms of the American Conference right alongside San Diego and Everett and um, Minnesota. So, uh, very, very exciting times in Mall High. Well, we appreciate the time, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right, Yolanda, you keep knocking them out out there. Um, Adrian, uh, <laughs> just, you know, you got to study. You got to take them down. It's taking down the Titans. That's the goal for the next uh, week or two here. So we look forward to that matchup in the stream. Yes, sir. All right, you guys, uh, you guys have a great uh, weekend this weekend. And, uh, Coach Rob, it's Military Appreciation uh, Week this week, um, and there's also uh, information on Ev- Eventbrite, right, for tickets to the game coming up against the Cats, right? Yes, sir. So they can get information on tickets uh, on the social media site? 
they can go to Facebook. Um, they can go to our website, uh, which is myhighblaze.com, and definitely take a look at it. You have Military Appreciation Day, so any of our um, fantastic service members get in free this, this week. So uh, we definitely want to support that and make sure that um, we show our respect. Adrian, uh, it's uh, it's going to be kind of a nice uh, event showcase out there, uh, you as a leader as well and uh, a former military uh, personnel, so you get to see a lot of appreciation there as well. So we, uh, we're very appreciative of you servicing, uh, servicing the country as well as being a leader for this. Thank you so much. All right, Good so like uh, Adrian, Yolanda, we will touch base uh, hopefully in playoff mode. At this point, it looks like it's going to be very good for you guys, Mahai. We will see who is going to be your opponent. Uh, finishing strong is obviously the key here. One week at a time, as Coach Rob says here, but uh, looking forward to see where you uh, you guys match up in terms of the playoffs. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. So you guys have a great evening. Uh, safe travels out there. We'll touch base again, and thank you for coming on. I appreciate it, and I apologize for our technical problems last week. So, uh Wish you well this weekend against the Thundercats and Military Appreciation Day for the Mile High Blaze. And then uh, you can get tickets at Eventbrite. Follow the Mile High Blaze on Facebook as well. Perfect. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you for having us. All right, Luis, there you are at Mile High Blaze, just blazing through 2018. They've had a good season. Um, going to get a little tougher two more weeks here. So, uh, But other than that, we don't know who they're going to match up against. Uh, could be San Diego, Everett, or I think it's Minnesota. Yeah, I definitely think it, it'll come down between them, San Diego, and Everett, just like you said. Um, but I see, I think Denver will come out on top. And the, it, sometimes it depends on injuries and that type of thing that type of year. So, um you yeah, Coach Rob seems like he's focused. He seems like he's yeah. focused and seems like he's wanting to get to that next level, uh, not stepping back from anything, and I think that's a good sign for them. And he just said right now they probably, didn't, they probably did not play their best game against Kansas City, but they did hold Kansas City to under 30 points, so that's a good sign. Yeah, and I also think they have the roster numbers, whereas the, uh, this is just my opinion, so no one can get upset, but uh, – Roster numbers is a big deal later in the season when you have attrition and and people get tired and a little bit worn down. So I think they have the numbers to withstand it. And for as much as losing hurts um, and it really stinks, you learn a lot from it. So uh, definitely and a lot of what you learn is just how to overcome and how to stick together and to just not get frazzled when things aren't working. Right. And so right. I think they'll learn from that. So yeah, they get, get you know, they get call they get uh they get Thunder uh, the Thundercats and then they get Colorado to finish up be, in between that they get the Titans and I think the next matchup against the Titans is really going to be the key in terms of gauging up to how ready they yep. are for the playoffs. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Um at this point WFA uh week 6 24 games on the slate a lot of surprises here. We know uh, we knew that Boston going to New York was going to be a tough matchup for uh, the Sharks. The Sharks have played very good ball this year uh, in D2, but uh, they get edged here 21 to zero. You can get the recap on our Facebook page at Great Iron Beauties, and the recap is uh, 
supplied by bostonrenegadesfootball.com. So you can go get the recap there. Then uh, Philly Phantoms, 26-0 to zero against the Baltimore Alight, uh, Nighthawks. Uh, the game was called, I believe, also in the third quarter due to lightning. Both of these games, I believe, are called due to lightning yeah. in that Eastern yeah. Conference region. So once in a while it happens. Uh, so 26 to zero Nighthawks came into this matchup pretty tough and durable. And they, they're still pretty tough and durable. Then unfortunately they just, they just could match up on Philly and Philly. We had talked about how they were banged up against the divas. looks to me like they're back in terms of some sort of stable, healthy state. So they get that uh, the divas uh, with uh, Amanda Congolelli, uh 61 to zero taken on uh, Richmond. This was, this was Richmond Black Widow's real first test in terms of D1, going up against D1. So they did, I don't think they did too bad. They put up two scores, uh, you know, and so, you know, Divas are what they are, veteran team as well, playing against Richmond. Um, probably not bigger numbers as you're talking about roster-wise. So that's also a detriment there when you're playing D1 to D3 uh, as an issue. Um, New England Nightmare, 20-0 to against the Keystone Assault. Uh, Connecticut has surprised a lot of people here. Um, they're undefeated, I believe, as far as my notes here, 14 to eight, uh, New York knockouts. We haven't talked about D three so much. And I usually don't talk about D three until we get to the later stages of the season, which is another three weeks, because then it starts to separate reality in terms of who's the better teams, but uh, they've right. played pretty well so far. Uh, Pittsburgh completely just a juggernaut 56, to eight Baker and Kozo out there are just tearing offense, you know, they're offensively they're tearing it up. And so they take care of uh, rival Columbus uh, 56 to eight, Lisa Horton back in the pocket. And so, as you said last year, this is where she belongs and look at, look, lo and behold, here we are, the passion are on a roll. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm actually surprised that Baltimore didn't score. Um, but, you know, both those games, again, were weather-related and that kind of stuff. Um, I expect, uh, you know, the Boston and D.C. play again this week to go either way. Um, but at this point, I think it's going to come down to Boston and Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, anything can happen with D.C. So those are big games. Those are some big games for this week. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the D.C. it's better to talk about the yeah, the, D, the D3, yeah, D3, not to mock them, not to say that they're good quality sure. ball, but I don't normally focus on D3 until three weeks before the season ends because then at yeah. that point we can really gauge who's the cream of the crop, who's going to stand out. Yeah, just like this, you so know, the, just like the, yeah, just like the, the, the big stories last year, remember uh, Arkansas, we didn't know they were coming, yeah. and then Orlando, we had no idea what they were made of, and this mm-hmm. year, we're starting to look at some there, – there's a couple D3 teams that we're going to have to start to look at in the next, you know, six weeks, between now and six weeks, that we're really going to have to focus on on that calendar to evaluate who's, you know, who's going to make this run in D3 mm-hmm. for the, for, to Atlanta. Um, Alabama has, has had the Phoenix number, and the last time they met, it was 6-0, and it was in a, you know, wet-weathered game, and they barely right. pulled out the uh, touchdown. But uh, Atlanta, which was streamed um, via the Atlanta Phoenix football, um, 14 to six, they get the revenge. Uh, they weren't going to get, they weren't going to be, you know, taken down twice in a season because it was already historic that 
that Alabama beat, uh, took them down. And then they had played, I, I believe, Dallas Elite previous to that and lost. So they were they were not going to go, you know, two 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 wins, two losses in a row, especially not to lose that's, again to D three. So that was a great well, game. Well, that's still a surprising score because that's a D one versus D three, and anything could have happened. Alabama so. Alabama has proven to be D D D two in in some instances. I think they should at some point down the road here in in, in next year or the year after should maybe roster to D two because they are that good. Um, so. Defensively, you got to give them. You got to give them uh, their props. They held, and so same, same. This is more of a defensive game than anything. Uh, it was really more tough defensive game than anything. So Atlanta gets the win, fourteen to six. The Battle of Florida, thirty-one twenty-nine. Jen Moody and company out there. Um, you know they they take care of business. They edge their rival, Miami Fury, thirty-one uh, twenty-nine. Last minute uh, issue here in scoring. So. Um, I did not see that stream. I would have loved to see that one stream. That would have been nice, a one-point one game. But uh, they get the uh, Tampa Bay c- continues on their winning streak. Um, J- Dixie Blue started out really hot, and then they kind of just fizzled with certain competition. But they rebound here 42-6, to six, and they take care of the Daytona Wave Riders. Um, the other game was the impact blowing out the, the power. We had talked about the impact and the elite being – uh, one of the two teams that are going to have to kind of battle each other out in that Texas swing. And it looks to me that that's going to happen still given the, um, you know, the wins that they're both getting coma, a very tough game. Everett is proving to be a surprise team, uh, 24 to 20. Um, we just talked about D two, how it's built up with San Diego Everett and mile high. Um, so the rain is this year has shown they're ready to roll in D2 here, 4-1 and one already on the season. So what's your thoughts on them? Oh, um, they don't have a huge roster, but I don't think Tacoma does either. And so I think that game is a pretty even game. Um, so, and I know someone on Everett, and we the Falcons had played Everett a couple years ago. So um, sometimes those games can just come down to weather, especially when you're in the Northwest. And just who makes the best last play. So uh, I definitely think Everett uh, – Everett, have they already played Tacoma once? I didn't look that up. Or is this I may have time? to look it up on the schedule. But, um, yeah. but they're playing good ball, so that's the key. Yeah. San Diego barely gets edged by uh, – they barely edge Sin City. Sin City has, is coming strong that me. in the last couple that contests. Me. And they yeah. also get the – forfeited game from week one back on the schedule against the Warriors, which we just got noticed this, this past really? uh, week. So the, the okay. game is back on. It was a forfeit in week one. Now they're going to reschedule that game uh, from what the Warriors posted, that now Sin City okay. will face the Warriors. So that's going to be nice for uh, the Trojans, com- considering uh, they've come this far, get a knock at Los Angeles, which is undefeated. We knew Los Angeles was going to be stacked with former Central Cal players and their own veteran players. Uh, just, 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 just the way it is. And and them yeah. beating Portland, you know, a, basically a smaller rostered injured Portland. Uh, they took mm-hmm. care of Portland on the road. Um, so at this point, they take care of Kern City, forty-seven to seven, uh, which was no contest there. Knowing coming into the game, we already knew that, that was not going to be 
you know, the Crusaders didn't have a prayer technically. Right. Um, so continues to roll. Cleveland, who also started the season with a scrimmage game and not here and there, and so all of a sudden they started to rebound. But given the fact that they're playing kind of D3 teams, I don't know how to gauge them. You know what I mean? The 42 to zero. Right. So we'll see how the fusion gets gauged once they meet up with maybe a Boston or a Pittsburgh or something like that. Um, well, now, but, th- there's the WFA rule that you can't make the playoffs. You can't be in the playoffs if you forfeit it. So I'm not totally clear. I mean, if the Sin City now it plays that game, then that means they're eligible for D3 playoffs. And the same with the Fusion, because I thought they correct. forfeited. So, okay. So that one still holds on, holds true on that one? Yeah. So if they reinstate okay. the game, then it becomes void okay. and old on, on, on the uh, rule forfeit rule. So that's my okay. understanding. So uh, let's key into week seven. Okay, week seven, May 19th coming up here. Let's key in WFA weekend. Boston Renegades taking on DC Divas. So this is a game that everybody wants to watch. I hope somebody streams it. I'm, I'm, I was no. trying to get a hold of Boston to see if they're going to stream it uh, or DC, but one or the other needs to stream this game. It's a huge game. Uh, this is one of probably one of the only knocks uh, on the WFA brand is you, you set up the schedule and you would think, you know, you would circle all these key matchups and say, we got to do it. We got to like get commit commitments from somebody to stream these games. Cause you know, yeah. these are going to be classes. Well, I mean, just with your league, with the money that you get from your fees that there should, it's like a Thursday night football or Monday night football or Sunday night football. Which sure. games are you going to put on those dockets? So, yeah. That's huge. I'm and, hoping, you know, I think DC might pull it off. Yeah. So I'm hoping one of them two will stream it, and we'll see how it happens. Um, you can, you guys, uh, we'll post it up on our Twitter and and Facebook page as soon as we get noticed on it. Uh, New York does a wonderful job of streaming. Um, they've always committed to streaming, so there should be no reason. You know, you can stream it via via Scored Stream. You, there's a lot of platforms you can stream it by, so there's still yeah. options to do it. Um, so Boston taking on DC. This is the marquee game of the week. So it is, this is the game of the week. DC Divas taking on Boston Cahill, taking on Amanda Maglary, Adrian Smith, uh, taking on all the, D, the DC Diva defense. So it's going to be a big game. Philly, New York. This is the D2 game one. of the week. This has got to be star right. Somehow has, they've kind of swayed around New York coming off a loss here. Uh, Phantoms coming off a big win, 26 to zero, and New York coming off a 21 to zero loss, and to stay in you know in playoff contention here. So uh, Philadelphia would lo- love nothing better to take down uh, New York once you know once again here, uh, and New York would love to just kind of uh, just get the up win here to continue rolling here, especially in their finale season. Um, you got Nighthawks, Richmond. Uh, that's going to be kind of a Nice game, I think, in some senses, D3 versus D2. Uh, you have the Mayhem and the Hawks in D3. Kind of interesting game there. Um, and then you also have uh, Pittsburgh-Toledo. I, I just don't know. I, I just I have a feeling if Toledo's <laughs> listening to us, they they got to come with their A game. Because yeah. between Baker and Kozo and, you know, the offense there, and we can't take anything away from the defense for Pittsburgh. It just seems like they're on a roll. It just seems like 
And if you had to pick a game, I'm not taking Toledo. I'm just sorry about that, but it's just yeah. not going to happen. Toledo's D3, you know? right? I I believe so. I think so. I think so, yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, all right. Um, then we got Fusion taking on Dark Angels. Interesting for me is to see how Cleveland does here. Because Detroit has been really good this year, uh, given, you know, they mm-hmm. played uh, Pittsburgh, which they lost to. But other than that, they've been pretty good. So we'll see what the matchup is between Cleveland and uh, the Dark Angels. And then you got Miami going up north to take on Atlanta. This is a huge game for Miami. That's a good and one. a huge game for the Phoenix. So that's a key game right there for the both of them. A loss for Phoenix really hurts them. Uh, a loss for Miami completely hurts them as well in terms of the standing. So on both teams, crucial game. They, they you know, the crucial uh, victory needed here for that. Um, well, and the one of games, the D1 teams, one of the other, mm-hmm. one of the D1 teams doesn't make the playoffs. And it would, I can't remember how it's divided up because the two teams in the West will automatically make the playoffs. But I can't remember. Right. If it's the, it might be the Central region. It would not be good if Atlanta didn't make the playoffs in their host. Right. But I think they're automatically And that's what I'm in. saying. Yeah. That's, what I'm saying is they, they have to win. They still have to win because they mm-hmm. could be bounced off. Yeah. Um, so just uh, Music City taking on Carolina. Carolina has been very horrible this year. Not the Carolina that we've experienced in the IWFL or seen in the past. So I don't know if it's a numbers issue there or stability. Music City has been hungry. They've been really good for the last three weeks. They've even played really well against their rival Cincinnati. So looking forward to that matchup there. Orlando, Jacksonville. That's one in D3 that we got to pay attention to. Jacksonville, Orlando. Then you have uh, Kansas City, Dallas Elite. We will see exactly oh, yeah. what huge. they're made of here. We will. This is this is the huge test for both teams. Uh, Kansas City coming off that win off Mile High, and the Elite, I believe, off a of bye week. So we will see how uh, Dallas reacts here. And against Kansas City and Brooke Leash, we'll see how Brooke Leash can do against the elite uh, and company there. Minnesota on the blaze. I heard this was actually forfeited already and canceled. Okay. So it was not okay. being played. So I, I'm assuming Minnesota gets the nod here and they're, they're going to be moving on to six and zero because of the forfeit. Um, the, the game that uh, I'm looking forward to is Arkansas, Alabama. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Alabama has played really well against D2. Uh, Arkansas has played somewhat good ball. We'll see where they stand. This is kind of a gauge for the uh, the D3 champions and see where they're at in terms of, you know, matchups. Um, you got the battle of Middle Texas, Arlington, taking on the Austin Outlaws. Uh, the way the impact has been playing lately, I think they take this win pretty well. Then uh, the matchup Northwest that I'm really looking forward to this week is Portland, Everett. Everett upsets Portland here. They make a name for themselves. It's really yeah, what it will make. That's true. They make that's a name a for game. themselves. Yeah. So it's like it, this is Portland's big uh, rebound game. They got to rebound. They cannot afford to lose to the rain. If they do, then yeah. it's it puts them it puts them not so much hot anymore, as they say. It's not so hot. It also makes uh, it makes their match rating poor, and so they would have to travel to L.A. Exactly. So a lot of a lot of issues that come with that. Um, the other matchup is on the West Coast, and that is the LA Warriors taking on the San Diego Rebellion. Big test for the San Diego t- uh, team and and Kenji Martin. 
is a huge test, taking on Los Angeles. So this is a big game here. So on the West Coast, oh, you got San Diego, Los once. Angeles. What? They already lost once, I think, to L.A., correct? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's a big yeah. test. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like a rebound game. For, it's just like mile high against Kansas City. So it's like, where are you at? Can you get better? So we'll see how yeah. that works. Um, but that's week seven. Some of the key games in week seven. Uh, check out our Twitter feed and our Facebook page for some of the previews and highlights. We will go ahead and link up the WFA link at WFAProFootball.com. Backseat coach uh, Mark Simon's uh, preview for week seven. And we'll also dive into the previews from the website there. Or you can go directly to the WFAProFootball.com site and get the information there. So, um, Luis, let's talk about your neck of the woods. Week seven, this is the circle game that we all had talked about a year ago when the schedule came out and when the IWFL put out the schedule. This was the, when the announcement was Seattle Majestics to the IWFL, San Diego Surge to the IWFL, and all of a sudden we're like, Surge Majestics against the Falcons? This we got to see. Well, we <laughs> saw the first matchup, and Seattle didn't fare as well as we thought they were going to fare. And so this is San Diego against Utah. And so uh, your Falcons taking on Christina out there and the Surge. Oh, it's, it's huge. It's just so huge. Um, this, the Falcons only have two home games this year, and so it happens to be uh, just because of forfeits, but it happened to be Seattle and um, the Surge. So, I mean, my entire career, I mean, I watched the Surge play against um, Chicago the year that the Surge won at Heinz Field, um, and I happened to be back there for that game. And so, yeah, my whole career I've heard about San Diego this and San Diego that, and, and they have a seven-year existence, and they have ten losses, and two national championships, no, three national championship appearances with one win. And then um, the Falcons have one loss in their five years with three appearances and two national champions. So it's a big deal. It's, like, huge. It's a blackout game. Um, people on both teams know each other and uh, have played with each other um, and at the all-star event and just do different. Uh, a couple of years ago, San Diego hosted a camp off, out, out of or off-season camp. So like 20,000 went, and I was one of them. So, you know, it's big. I can't even, I can't even say any more big to explain bigness. So, um, yeah, the, so- the advertising, the game will be streamed, but the, and it will be a very nice stream, um, but we're, uh, the link won't be released until uh, later in the week, Saturday morning. All right. So we're looking forward to that live stream. This is the game that we wanted on the map. This is the game that all of us were savoring for. And it's San Diego Surge taking on the Utah Falcons. The way the IWFL has been a disaster this year in terms of the schedule, this yeah. is one that you can't miss. Forget about everything that's happening <laughs> in the season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and forget about what's going to happen going forward. If you want to, you know, if you want to see a key matchup game, this is a key matchup game. This is the equivalent of Boston DC, the equivalent of Pittsburgh yes. Boston. You know what I mean? This is the equivalent yeah. of Chicago Boston. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, this, 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 play each other. Yeah. This we is a, this is a game you a game you must watch if you follow women's women's tackle football. 
this is one of the games that you got to watch this week. It's just like you have to watch this game. Um, so uh, big, I'll big matchups here. Me. Yeah, you got uh, Galli- uh, Gallegos, right? Gallegos taking yeah. on um, your your protege. What's her name? Uh, quarterback. Yeah. Um, Liz Lane. Liz Lane, yeah. Elizabeth and so, Lane. but they Elizabeth they are Lane, playing yeah. two quarterbacks. They're playing two quarterbacks and rotating them just like uh, KC does. And yeah. um, and so and I'm going down for the game, you know, and being a part of it, and just those kind of things. But um, so and Melissa's been around forever. Um, so, but like I said, they're they're doing both quarterbacks. Will they do it this week? I don't know. So we'll see. Um, well, we'll yeah, see what Coach, we'll see what Coach Rasmussen has under his uh, tool bag against <laughs> the San Diego Surge. <laughs> yeah, it'll be torpedoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be something good. I, I'm sure. Listen, I they've had three weeks off because they had a forfeit. So, and the Falcons have had two weeks off and three weeks before that off. And so, uh, I believe that the San Diego Surge have probably for a really long time. So you got three weeks to prepare for the triple option. They do. So um, everyone shared their film. I've watched their film. They've watched ours. You know, it'll be good. It should be epic. And uh, hopefully the Falcons win. And that's win. So, one of the mar- one of the marquee games that we're gonna that we're gonna be keeping an eye on. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. You can follow us on Facebook at Gridiron Beauties, and we'll link up everything there from the Falcons link or the IWFL uh, link. And then the marquee games in the WFA as well. So we'll keep tabs on that. So pretty exciting times in the U.S. realm. But there's also action north of the border. And that's week two of the Canadian League. And that's the WWCFL, which is the Western Women's Canadian Football League. We talked to Darren Stanky before that. We talked to Mark Stafari. We knew this was going to be an exciting season coming up for the Western, uh, Western Women's Canadian Football League. Uh, week one went as planned. It was uh, Edmonton taking care of Northern Anarchy, 63-0. to zero. Calgary beating Lethbridge barely, 20-16. to 16. Uh, You can get the articles on our Facebook page from the dailyheraldtribune.com and from lethbridgeherald.com on the uh, week one action there. Then in the Prairie Conference, it was Regina, the Regina Riot, 56-0. to zero. Kowalski and company out there. I'm sorry, 56 to 14, take uh, beating Manitoba. No surprise there. We knew that was going to happen. Saskatoon Valkyries, 48 to zero, um, taking care of the Winnipeg Wolfpack. Week two got interesting. The week that you needed to be watching for. Week two, Western Conference, Lethbridge, 82 to zero against the Anarchy. So uh, to the Anarchy out there, you just keep fighting, keep fighting. It's just the way it's got to yeah. be. They 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 yeah. come back to the league and. And they're just getting overmatched. So it's, it's going to take a year for them to gel and, and get some sort of competitiveness. But other than that, uh, Lethbridge coming off the loss uh, against uh, Calgary gets the win, 82-0. to Then Calgary, uh, Edmonton loses. I mean, Edmonton wins, takes care of Calgary, avenges the playoff loss last year uh, in the Western Conference. So 35-19. So Edmonton Storm takes care of the Calgary Rage. Then Prairie Conference, you had Regina, 28. They beat Saskatoon, Valkyries, 7. So Regina is ready. This, this team seems ready for another championship. The way, that, the way that I saw some highlights and the game that it went down, 
um, you know, they took care of the Valkyries there at on the road. And so uh, very impressive. Uh, Manitoba rebounds. It was a battle of winless teams in week two. So Manitoba, the better team, after coming off the 56-14 to 14 loss to Regina. Uh, Winnipeg couldn't muster a score in the first week against Saskatoon, but they end up mustering a score 22-6. to six. So uh, we will keep you tabs on week three, and we'll update you that on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. And you can also follow the campaign for the WWCFL, hashtag why women play. So they're doing a lot of features on a lot of the players from various teams, uh, why their passion for playing the sport, why they, you know, why they love the sport. Um, so you can check that out at uh, why, hashtag why women play on Twitter, as well as on, I believe on Instagram. And then you can also get information on the league at www.cfl.ca, www.cfl.ca. So Luis, very competitive league here in Canada and starting to show here, Regina really, the blocks here is, is proving that they are the champs. Yeah, you know, I saw stuff where they were, teams were barely getting ready to be able to go outside and practice. And that's just a big deal. I don't know how big their indoor fields are or their indoor facilities. Um, but, yeah, you're north of the border. And so uh, I think it's going to pan out to be some good football. Especially, I just know when, because we've had to play in indoor facilities in the wintertime or practice, and it's small. You can't do your passing game very well, and then it takes a little while when you're outside to get that timing down. So it'll be interesting to follow the teams and see how that works. All right. So um, the other thing, the other uh, uh, leagues that we we're going to cover uh, starting this week and the week coming come up in, up in coming weeks is going to be the uh, SAJL Finland League, and we're going to cover the AFFF. Swedish league. So as soon as we get updates on those, but you can cover them. The women's league in Sweden, or I'm sorry, Finland, the uh, Nestein, the Valta Liga, the women's Valta Liga, the top league is going to feature the Helsinki Wolverines, Helsinki Roosters, the St. Petersburg Valkyrie, and the Tampere Saints. And those are going to be the, the, the teams at the top. There's three divisions in this league, it is the top one of the top leagues in Europe. It is the equivalent of the WFA or IWFL in the states. Um, there's three divisions. Um, they broke it up in three tiers basically. There's the first of the top tier is only going to include four teams. Then it's going to be Division One, which is Tier Two, basically 12 teams. And then from there you get Division Three, which is going to include, I believe, almost 16 teams. So just alone, uh, Luis, in Finland. Of all places, uh, there is literally, I think, over close to 40, 50 teams that play women's American football. Oh, in fact, I we've had a couple of players from our team, one in particular, uh, Jasmine Peters, who started her career in Portland and played for the Portland team. Uh, she played football for Finland in the summer. It was they would and they would pay her. They'd pay for her travel and pay for her to come they over do. there and house. Yeah, and then we Leah had another Leah Kaza. Leah Kaza is another player that's gone overseas, and Courtney Powell yeah. as well. Yeah, so Finland's no joke. You should have them advertised for your no joke football stuff. Cause, no, uh, I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> definitely working on. It. I can tell you that right now. I'm working on it. Um, but season 2008, four teams in the big the big league, which is the the Premier League, which is a Valter a Valterra Liga. Um, so the four teams there. So this year's 
is going to be a model. It's a record of two teams at a record level of 16 teams in 11 and 11 ver, uh, of format. So before they were doing 999, now they've elevated their game to 11 and 11. So there's actually 16 teams committed to doing 11 and 11 format, which is amazing. And then given yeah, that, uh, yeah. the given the BAFA women in New, in uh, England, who's going to start to commit to 11 and 11, the the whole European swing is going to get so much better world in terms of the next world event. Well, and I've seen that some of the countries are holding camps now in Denmark, uh, Copenhagen, Italy. Um, yep. And I just think it'll improve the game a lot. There'll be less Americans that go over there versus more foreigners come over here because it's just where football, to me, it's American football. So, um, but the, the all the, there's just a ton of leagues. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you keep up with it all, Oscar. There's just leagues everywhere playing American I have built football. This, I have built this thing to a point where <laughs> now it's manageable. Can, can that be, like, nicely said? <laughs> I built it you to where like now it's said? nicely manageable. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I, awesome. you, would, you, you have no idea how much work it took just to get to this level. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just I, a I, lot I, of work. A lot of contacts, a lot of networking, uh, you name it. Uh, I mean, it's it's taken a lot of work, but you know it's all I worth it because that. it is it is very rewarding. Uh, when we post on our when we post on our Facebook page, and we get you know internal messages that says, "What the hell is that?" or "What are you are you serious?" You know what I mean? Because nobody can believe that. Nobody can believe that women are playing American football in Brazil. Nobody can believe that women are ma- uh, playing American football in Guam. You know, it just like, it blows their mind that there's actually women playing American football in some format of international format. Because, you know, this is the way I look at it. The, rate, the reach we have, sometimes people don't even know that there's football in America, women's American football in America. That's how sad it is. And then when you say, hey, look, there's a 16 to 20 uh, team league in Germany. And there's a 16 to 20 league in, in Finland and Sweden and, and uh, Great Britain. And then everybody's like, I, 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 are you making this up? Is this what you do all week? You just make up names and teams? <laughs> no. I've yeah. been called out. I've oh, been yeah. called out because of that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm yeah, just sitting I, there just oh coming up, getting names out of my butt, you know. <laughs> the Olu Northern Lights. Yeah, I came up with that name. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's, no. it's uh, amazing. It's amazing. Seriously, amazing. It's just all over the place, and and I, I mean, their formats internationally are much different. Five and nine and ten and eleven, and in America they only have eight or eleven, really. Uh, well, maybe the the one in Texas is it? I can't, is there one? Is there a nine? Is the XFL or the XSF, XXFL? Is that nine? I can't remember. I believe it's eleven um, and eleven. It is eleven. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's just. You know, Americans play how they want Americans to play. Hey, it's 11 on 11. And so, um, more, and use the, the 5 and 7 more for the flag and the 5, 7, and 8 more for the flag. But, uh, yeah, it's, you've done a great job. I mean, there's just, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It is so much stuff to keep up with. So, Well, you know, when we, people. when we started this project, uh, one of our colleagues said, we need to be the ESPN of this sport. And how do we get there? So okay. we, we've arrived. We've arrived. We're at, we're at 17,000 followers on all social platforms. 
our goal is to reach 20,000. And so starting next year, uh, our goal is a budget of almost, I think almost close to a thousand to $2,000 just on budget for advertising. So we haven't even hit, you know, we haven't even hit our level of, of, of uh, goal that we had for this. We're not, we're not even advertising heavily yet. When we get to a level of advertising, that's going to, it's going to just blow up huge, but uh, you know, that's well, our goal basically. Yeah. I mean, it's worldwide. So you have platforms all over the place. And that's why when I was telling you about the video, you have to know what are you wanting to sell? What are you wanting to attract? You can't just, you know this, you can't just use one little platform or one little window or one nope. little agenda. It has to be football as the agenda. And like you said, you, you, have, you follow the LFL. I can totally handle the LFL so much better since they wore pants. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, so, I can uh, tell you right now, a lot of the girls appreciate that. Oh my gosh! Dirt oh my gosh, are not yeah. are no joke. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> so well, I a, a lot, lot of the LFL followers. players just like yes, <laughs> they yeah, they obviously you. appreciate oh that exactly. They, so um, they're cool so fans, that's catered too. to it. So, but there's a ton of people that follow that sport. So, like you said, if your goal is to be the ESPN of of females playing football, then you, that's a great goal, and that's gonna um, reach so many different. Uh, platforms and there's to me it seems like there should be no agenda but women football improving the sport improving the person improving the people who are involved the men who are involved it's not just you know improving women it's it's the human spirit it's improving people so yeah. uh, and they're all over the world so you know what you might you probably like you said you have people that are paying attention and just can't wait to see you talk about their team or or post an article about them. I know you got people that help you post all that from all over, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and it's a, I'm a very appreciative of everybody that has been able to supply us with all that because it's a lot of information, you know. And without having uh, a contact person or somebody that can actually give you some, not just the scores, you know what I mean, but the links to stories and stuff. And we've been able to do a lot of things that nobody's ever been able to do before. And that's because uh, I'm not, I don't sit there and go, because it's not English, I'm not going to post it. If it's Finnish, then you need to get Google Translate or some sort of translate and you need to read yeah. it. You know what I mean? I mean, just the way it is, but it's, it's an inspiring story of some sort, or it's an informative recap of a game. And just because it's not in, in English, you know, that's, that was never our goal. Never our goal was, you know, we're just strictly American you know, American feed. No, it's just, we're, we're going to post right. it. If it's Mexican, if it's, if it's in Finland or Swedish or German or whatever, or French, um, you know, you're, it, you're inclined to go ahead and, you know, use some sort of translate tool and read it. And it's, it's inspiring. Um, so that's the what we do on that. The translation is hilarious sometimes though. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you go from Google, <laughs> Google sometimes is very, uh, very comical <laughs> in terms of the yeah. sentences. So yeah, you have to kind of like sit, you have to sit back a little bit and go, what are they trying to? Okay, now I know what they're trying to tell me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The terminology and stuff, but yeah, yeah the terminology. You, you speak Spanish, so you got you got half the world covered right there. Yeah, so it's but it's you know it's nice to have that. So we're gonna be covering SAJL, which is the Finland League, Division One, Division Two, and the uh, Valterra Liga, and then we're also uh, in covering right now. SAFF, which is the uh, Swedish American Football uh, Swedish American Football League, we're covering that. Oral Black Knights out there, 
the uh, um, Carlsbad Crusaders with Linda Johnson out there doing really good jobs uh, so far this season. Uh, so we're covering that. You can follow us on Twitter daily uh, for all the updates from the various leagues. We're also covering FX Mexico. And um, so uh, the Masters division in FX Mexico has been pretty nice, a competitive division, four teams, back and forth, similar to, uh, I say, Legends Football League in terms of this, because there's only like four to six teams. So it's very competitive week to week. Uh, Masters League, week six, it was 13-0. The Titans taking care of the Panthers. And then it was the uh, Lobos, Toluca Lobos, taking care of uh, former champions of the Kingas, 16-13. So we'll get you the information and, uh, on our Facebook page as well, week to week for FX Mexico in Mexico. Lexpo will be kicking off in another month. And so that'll be awesome. The German League will give you the updates on the AFBD as we uh, get more information in the next two weeks. I usually wait two weeks to see where everything's at because um, it takes a little bit of time for networking out in Germany uh, in, my, in my past experiences in the last couple of years. So I sort of wait two or three weeks, uh, kind of figure out where, you know, where they're at in terms of the, there's two leagues. There's a women's Division One and Division Two. So it takes a little bit of laboring to kind of get all that information out. Um, as well as the Italian league in the uh, in the winter, and then we'll be in we'll be in Australia all NFL season. So 24/7 girls football, you got it right here on this podcast, and you can uh, also tune us in on TuneIn starting this week. Check us out on Block Talk Radio. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on TuneIn, and also on Players.fm if you go through the link on uh, Google. So all the platforms, uh, you're welcome to listen to us. Me, Bean, as well as Troy, uh, Holly, and uh, Tracy Day, or, and Tracy Brick. I keep saying Tracy Day because that's all I remember her by, Tracy Day, but Tracy Brick. Um, so, uh, Luis, let's go into Legends Football League here. Uh, we had pretty much some pretty competitive games so far. Week one was pretty competitive. Um, and then all of a sudden this past weekend, it was Austin – uh, taking on Atlanta, last-second uh, touchdown, and the Acoustic get their first win in two years, give their coach their first win, 18-14, to 14, and they take care of Atlanta, which was uh, without Adrian Purnell, who retired, and did not – we were expected to have Chris Del Harris from the Bliss show up, but she did not. Big factor there, because I think if she shows up, uh, Austin doesn't get the win. But overall – Michelle Marshall, uh, the MVP, basically, and the nail-biter savior there, and she, you know, makes the catch and gets it over the goal line and edges Atlanta 18-14. to 14. It was a sweet game. Like, I scanned through and watched different parts, and then, whoops, hold on. Something turned on on my computer. Um, and the last part of the game was really cool. Like, that was a great pass for Austin. And then the the last second Hail Mary for uh, Atlanta, it was like a, that was a 50-yard throw. I mean, I looked at yeah, where she it was. from, and she just threw it up there, and they had to review it. Um, obviously, the LFL has a lot of followers for the, lots of different reasons. I think they do a great job with their their pregame, oh, you know, the advertising, the – Oh, the live action, what do you call it? Um, it's oh, the, promos. The, video. Yeah, the, the promos. Yeah, the promos, yeah. 
the promos are awesome, but I gotta tell you, I gotta have a shout out for the XXFL league down in Texas. I think their promos are really good in their first year league. Now they need more games because you can't ever watch their games. There's no footage. Um, but I think they do a better job promos than the two other or the, any any of the you know the WFA, uh, IWFL, and the the third league, the WP. Oh, I get that one confused. The, the third league. The, the right letters, the acronym. Um, so, yeah, they do a great job, and they don't even have that many teams, and they do a great job. So it would be really cool if any of the leagues in women's football could match the advertising, just the video advertising of the LFL. But such is life. We keep Well, away, I mean, he so. puts, he does put in a lot of money into it um, in terms of yeah. high definition and everything else, so he's done a good job there. But what did you think of the game? Uh, Tashay Winfrey, to me, really was uh, on and off. Not very good. I, I didn't think she was. I don't think it was her best game. She was missing targets. She had Lilani uh, Lopez at a couple times. Did not get the passes correctly. Marshall. It was in the you know late in the third quarter. Opportunity to score and still missed it. Um, so there was a lot of things in terms of a quarterback last year in terms of passing rating and efficiency. But this year doesn't seem like she's there yet, and she has weapons. And I think that's the, the, the mock that we have to give on Austin is she's got plenty of speedster and weapons. Uh, Washington yep. came into this game pretty well. Um, arguably, I would say um, the defense uh, behind Megan Martinez and Kater Robinson, the defense uh, did not give up a single point in the first half, only allowing 43 yards. So that's a good sign for them in terms of defense. Um, but uh, Ra- Rachel Washington reminds me of kind of like Nas Johnson, reminds me of, you know, small back uh, with speed. And so she's 5'3", very impressive, 63 yards in the first half, um, uh, one touchdown. So she showed off pretty much what she's able to do in terms of if you get her a gap. Um, frustrating was, I think the frustration was they finally got to Lauren Ziegler, you know, because Lauren Ziegler coming into this game was the big MVP receiver. And I think uh, um, Austin really did a good job of shutting her down. Yeah, my thing is is that they should be – I feel like the LFL team should be able to score more points, especially – I know it's a small field and it's narrower and things like that. But you have the defensive linemen four yards off, so they don't even get an immediate pass rush. You're in shotgun most of the time. Um, I just think it's – execution I don't it's in certain aspects I just expect higher scores I guess and it's a wide open freewheeling style of play it's a glorified flag with tackling and uh and so you know they I and that's just my opinion I think they ought to be able to score more points I mean we score a lot of points and you have 11 on 11 and the field is adjusted to 11 on 11. So, and a lot of teams score a lot of points in women's 11 on 11. So, anyways, I think they need they have some great athletes. Oh my gosh! And with those great athletes, they ought to be able to score more points. What did you think of Dakota Hughes? You think she just at the end, just a little bit too late there? I mean, threw the hell mary out. I, I think Atlanta got rattled first game out, and you don't get you don't get to play a preseason game in this league. So you really, yeah. since you only play four games your first game is really your your preseason game. But other than yeah, that, yeah. I think she got – they got to her early. 
de- you know, defensively, they did were able to contain the receivers. And so um, I think downfield, uh, besides what Ziegler eventually got to a touchdown, which uh, put them ahead 14 to 12. But overall, I think Austin really played a good game um, in terms of, you know, what they contained. And uh, if Tashay would have been on the money, I think it would have been a more of a high-end scoring game as you're talking about. Yeah, I just think it's, like you said, it's early in the season, passing, execution. I don't know how much they get to practice. I don't know those things. Um, and they, those are some good athlete quarterbacks, and, I, and they were just saying before she threw that ball, they said, well, she has one of the strongest arms in the league, and, yeah, she chucked it. And that's a great catch. Um, but I just think the, the execution will come. And, you know, sometimes it's a, this is a totally different stage. If you're a rookie, I don't know how many rookies either team had. you got a lot of screaming fans. You're inside. You're close to the fans. I can't even imagine the dynamics and how much that would be different. And it's I'm a sure man, you're told. It's a 30-man roster, and you only can suit up uh, 20. Yeah, so and then you're told to be entertaining, and you're instructed to be all those things. And so um, – and then you're in – uh, limited gear, and so it's interesting to see how maybe the mental effects and how the players would respond in different aspects. And um, I mean, I saw some pretty hard tackles and get thrown down, and so I, I think that both the teams will even themselves out. And like I said, they got some good athletes. So now you got uh, the game uh, this past uh, weekend, Los Angeles Chicago. It was a rematch game, yeah. and so. You know, Chicago is rolling. Um, Jane Caldwell and, uh, and, and company there, they're just doing a good job now in terms of offensively. Coach Hack always does a really good job there in terms of offensive. Uh, Coach Tui and Los Angeles, um, I don't want to say they're a dumpster fire right now, but based on their yeah. two games against Chicago, it doesn't look good. They, Salerno is not in. If Salerno was there, it would have been a totally different ball game. Their run game was somewhat elevated from the last matchup, but they're not taking advantage of their opportunities in terms of their receivers. Their defense is not really uh, tackling really well in terms of a short game like you're talking about. So they're giving up a lot of points. And so in a, on a short field, you got some talented players, one or two misses, and, you know, you're done. Yep, you, you, there's, yep. Especially in, 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 in the arena style of play. So Los Angeles yep. is 0-2. Their season really is on the on the edge here. They get the Austin Acoustic, okay, who is just coming off this huge 18 to 14 win against Atlanta of all all teams. So, uh, what do you think, Bean? You think he's, uh, Austin goes in there and takes care of LA the way LA's been not playing so hot? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that was a big deal for the Austin, and also you could see their coach was visibly happy and relieved that they won. <laughs> you got to get that oh, yeah. you off your back. And and, uh, and they, like, they got to score more points. They just got to score more points. And so, um, you know, in that, ty- in, in that style of play, boy, I would just be – I would be more apt to quick strikes instead of waiting so long for the play to develop. And believe me, I'm not a coach there or anything like that. I'm just going off of my own personal experience. And um, when you get back there and you're trying to let the plays develop and then 
that they can sit in the zone and just different things like that, I think it's a little bit harder. So I would be more apt to just attack quick. But like I said, what do I know? Because I'm not their coach. So um, just seems well, like and it's a, a tough. It's a little tougher field in terms of containment because if you're not, like right. you said, if you're not getting off the blocks, if you don't have enough uh, speedsters up at the front to try to get right. to the quarterback, um, it's really a, a pressure cooker for somebody that can't get the ball. Like Denver was a disaster last year. You know, they couldn't even get the snap off, <laughs> even with their the gap oh, yeah. positioning. So, you know, that gets into a, a situation where you, you, you just look horrible. And so, but Los Angeles, I said, like I said before, Los Angeles, has got talent. They just can't seem to put an offensive strike together this year for some reason. Uh, defensively, they're okay. It's just they're missing a couple pieces. But uh, Austin, I think, coming into this next game, L.A., if L.A. goes down 0-3, I think their season's pretty much done, especially in the NFL. You're, you only play four games. 1-3 and is not going to yeah. get you to the playoffs. Or 0-3 yeah. is not going to get you to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can, pretty yeah. much you're playing for a consolation game on your last game. Um Chicago, I think, is the powerhouse, 2-0, oh, and, uh, and oh, so that's going to be huge. Um, Omaha, we'll see. They played pretty well against Denver, 7-6. to six. Denver played pretty well as well, so we'll see how, when their next games come up. But this weekend, uh, you're going to see the live broadcast uh, of the, the Los Angeles uh, uh, Los Angeles Temptation against the Chicago Bliss and on uh, LFLUS.com via YouTube. And then the weekend game that's not going to be live, obviously. It's going to be see, uh, Nashville Knights, former Seattle players, taking on the Seattle Mist. Right, the Trader game. We don't know what Seattle's going to look like here. Uh, we do have Michelle Angel, who apparently was uh, training with the Knights before uh, the league said, hey, we can't have so many superstars on one team and ended up shifting her back. So we have Nicole Peterson back in Seattle. You have uh, Michelle Angel back in Seattle be a sweet victory for Michelle to take on, uh, to take on over uh, one over uh, KK Matheny and uh, Stevie Snore. So we'll see how that pans out. But uh, the, the national Knights uh, have too many weapons. I think, you know, you got Randall, the MVP, you got Stevie Snore, you got KK Matheny. It's going to be a good class game. So uh, that's the game this weekend. That's not going to be on, you know, aired. It'll be aired the week after, but it's the national Knights taking on the Seattle miss. So that's the LFL for you. Uh, if you guys want more information on the LFL, you guys can always go to LFL360.com or you can go to the LFLUS site, LFLUS.com. All right. You know, I have um, one more thought on the LFL, sure. if, if that's go okay. Ahead. I think they, yeah. um, what I really like is because they put the – when I, when the LFL first started, you know, several years ago, I felt like it was just the skinny little players that looked really good in very little clothing. And now I feel like that they have, and not to say those girls weren't athletic, but I've definitely noticed a more, um, not just athletic, but also maybe thicker girls um, that maybe don't have whatever, the perfect example of a model body that sometimes the world thinks. And so I think it improves the game and because and you have better athletes who maybe have thicker muscles or more muscles or or things like that. So I like that. And, of course, then I like the pants. And, um, I mean, you've got some girls with some serious weightlifting-type thighs, you know, and that's awesome. I think, you know, that's that's great athletes playing their choice of sports. So I like that. Yeah, and it's I think it's, 
it's gotten to a point where you have a lot of tackle players more so this season from what I've heard from everybody. Uh, you know, when we pulled out our survey on Twitter, uh, we asked if the survey was, would you be more inclined to try out for LFL now that you have, you know, the bottom yoga pants or the leggies? Mm-hmm. And we got mm-hmm. a, a lot of a lot of positive, yes, I would go try out. You know what I mean? So there's probably a lot yeah. of people, like to your point, leery about being on an NFL roster with the bikini-style uh, outfit right. versus right. being, you know, being on an outfit with, you know, just a basically you could consider it a what a sports bra and and leggings really the yeah. outfit now has got, gone to a sports bra and leggings type of, of uh, image so there's probably a lot more tackle players i know there's a i know there's a bunch of tackle players in denver that played on the blaze and a couple of that played on some of the tackle teams that obviously are on the roster for the denver green so they've made that transition and in the past it's not a coincidence that you would have you know uh a player play at both sides of the ball. You got uh, Tamar Fennell, who plays for the Sizzle in the WFA and also plays for the Chicago Bliss in the same season. So there's, it's, she does? you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one we talked to. Yeah. No, Tamar, Fennell, talk to? yeah. Tamar Fennell plays for the Sizzle. She's the leading rusher in the Sizzle history. And then she also plays okay. for the Bliss. So okay. that's uh, – she does dual roles, and there's a lot of players that have dual roles. There are probably like a handful, like 12 to 15 players yeah. that play both either IWFL or WFA and also play on an LFL roster during the seasons. So it's kind of common yeah. now. It's not a rare thing. And like you said, with the yoga pants and the sports top type uh, appeal to it, a lot of girls would probably be inclined to try out. Yeah, it's interesting. I, it wouldn't be enough for me, but it's definitely easier to watch. And um, and you can tell they're good. There's great athletes. It's not like it's you know Division three athletes or some. Excuse me, that's not right to say. Um, I'm talking about college when you have Division three college yeah, yeah. athletes versus Division one. Yeah, um, they just you know aren't four and five star recruits, but they're good athletes. So um, yeah, they got some good players. Well, I'm going to say right now, week seven in the WFA is going to be very interesting. We just went through the blocks. Boston versus D.C., uh, one matchup, IWFL, San Diego taking on Utah. It's going to be Nashville Knights taking on the Seattle Mists, a Trader Bowl. You're going to see it on uh, also live stream. Uh, hopefully, we'll get the live stream link to the San Diego, Utah. You'll also get uh, over the uh, LFL this weekend. You're going to get to see Chicago Bliss taking on LA Temptation. So a lot of women's uh, football to watch, and we got all of it covered on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty. We got it all covered on Facebook at facebook.com uh, forward slash Great Iron Beauties. So, uh, Louise, Myhall Blaze, D2, very hot team right now, looking for a playoff berth. Uh, they take on the Cats this weekend, military night. Uh, we want to thank uh, Coach Rob Sandlin and defensive captain Yolanda Searcy, as well as quarterback Adrian Talsey for coming on and showcasing the Maha Blaze and their exciting season. They're going to take on the Cats this weekend, then they take on the Titans, and they finish up their season against the Colorado Freeze. So that lot to work on still for the Blaze, but uh, they're obviously doing a great job this year in 2018. So it's pretty exciting times in Denver. That'll be fun to watch. All right, so guys, don't forget to subscribe to our Apple podcast and download over 200 episodes with our amazing athletes and coaches that we've interviewed over time. 
So go to the iTunes store at apple.com and look up, search Gridiron Beauties. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for amazing short videos of girls playing American football globally at youtube.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Don't forget to add us on Snapchat, uh, Gridiron Athlete Takeovers and Football, No Joke Football Brand Specials. Follow us on Instagram as well. You can check out the champion Western Crusaders on our gallery at instagram.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. And don't forget your you are listening to the best podcast covering women's American football and NFL news weekly. We are so awesome. And uh, for Troy Wilson, uh, Tracy Brick, and the absent Holly Custis, just uh, Luis Bean and Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next week, right here on the Gridiron Blitz, right here on Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, and now on TuneIn. Have a great day. Thanks.